Hey friends, listen up. I really want you to hear about these folks. For nearly 70 years, CDF Capital has been part of a movement helping churches and church leaders bring light to the world through their capital. While they're best known for church loans and investments, they're humbled to serve alongside servant leaders like you who want to see the good news of Jesus shared with those who need it most. Through this collaboration with churches, they develop spiritual capital through prayer and connecting, leadership capital through cohorts and coaching, and financial capital through investment and loans. When you partner with the Lord and with churches, they bring spiritual leadership and financial capital together. The results are incredibly transformational. Listen, it's much more than money. It's more than metrics. It's even more than you and me. It's about the ministry of Jesus. Our friends at CDF Capital, they're so much more than a lender. They're so much more than an investment. They really do help churches grow. Frankly, it's they're so amazing. They do so many good things. They're, it's not something that you would expect from a lender or from their investments. You should be leaning in and learning about CDF Capital. What I want you to do is to sign up to learn more about CDF Capital and how they can help your church grow. Receive a 50% discount on a monthly subscription to the CDF Capital Subscribe and Save Bundle at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Sign up today to get that 50% discount on the CDF Capital Subscribe and Save Bundle. That's at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in today. Listen, every week we try to bring you a guest who will both inspire and equip you. Today, it's our honor, our privilege to have Aaron Seneff with us. He is the CTO, the Chief Technology Officer at a little organization called PushPay, which you might be familiar with their PushPay product or CCB, Church Community Builder, or really a whole bunch of other different things that they're doing to help churches like you. Uh, and it's our honor to have him with us today. We want to pull back the curtain, learn a little bit more from Aaron. Welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Yeah, thanks so much, Rich. I it is oh, well, it is my honor to be here. So thank you for the invitation, and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Unseminary seems like I'm either imminently qualified for this because I have not been to seminary yes. or underqualified, but happy no, to be here so and talk about church here. technology. Yeah, this is so great. Well, why don't you tell us for, for the four people who are listening in who don't know who PushPay is, tell us about PushPay and about your role there. Yeah. So PushPay is, you know, just to distill it, is in the church technology space. Yep. So, you know, one of the things like many people would be familiar with uh, from our organization is a giving platform. There are mm -hmm. thousands of churches in the United States that use PushPay's giving to help, you know, manage and collect donations and donors in their church. We make a church management system, it was formerly known as Church Community Builder, now part mm -hmm. of a broader product we call Church Stack. And then other technology mm -hmm. we use to offer, you know, mobile apps that you can sort of brand and label mm -hmm. for your church and communicate with your audience. We've We've recently acquired a streaming platform by the name of Resi. And so mm -hmm. really, really, you know, if you just distill it, what we're trying to do is try to figure out 
you know, what kind of technology needs do churches have? How can we assist them and enable them with their mission of, you know, reaching the lost with the gospel and making sure they can run as effective and healthy of, of a church as possible? Yeah, I, I really love what you guys do. I'm definitely a fan from afar for years. I kept saying, man, somebody's got to sort out this giving thing and make it simple. You did it with PushPay. And then for years, I've, I've been in a multi-site space since the early 2000s. And I was like, somebody is going to figure out this uh, you know, streaming thing to make it work at, at scale. And then obviously, Resi's a part of your family now. And uh, you know, Church Stack or CCB, fantastic solution. So I uh, just, I really, you know, just love what you guys do and how you empower so many churches to, you know, to, to really do a great job reaching our communities. You know, I think most people who are listening in today, if I'm an executive pastor, I would say, Hey, technology is an important piece of what I do. You know, I, I, I think we all thought we saw this pre pandemic, but then the pandemic obviously accelerated all that. In fact, you guys did a study that found, I think it was over 90% of church leaders or church churches believe that technology plays an essential role in helping their church achieve a mission. Tell us more about that. Yeah. Um, well, the, good. Thanks for asking. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, we did what we call the church tech report. Yeah, mm -hmm. This is something that's accessible on our website. If you're interested, there's some really mm -hmm. interesting observations that come out of that. But you know, we serve thousands of churches. So we, mm -hmm. we took the opportunity in 2021 to send out a survey to about 2000 leaders you know, mm -hmm. maybe people who are directly responsible for technology at their church, who are executive pastors, maybe mm -hmm. influencers for those technology mm -hmm. decisions. And, you know, we, we feel like we know our customers and the church pretty well, but it gave us an opportunity just to, you know, make sure we weren't you know, missing the forest or the trees and understood how people were thinking about technology mm -hmm. in the church. And, you know, it's, it's probably not surprising in the sense that, yeah, in some ways it just confirmed things that probably most of us really are already understanding. And that's mm -hmm. that technology is important and getting more important right. in the eyes of church leaders. So that's probably mm -hmm. not shocking. Sometimes we look at that data and we think like, okay, but the way that is happening is a little bit interesting and unique mm -hmm. and thought provoking. So it was a really good chance for us to sort of like step back and ask what is happening in the technology space. And, and again, provide that to the, you know, the broader church leadership in the country to see how other people are thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Were there any uh, kind of benchmark findings, things that kind of stood out that were like, oh, that's kind of an interesting thing for us to be thinking about when we think about this whole space? Yeah, I mean, I think like there's some things where it's very confirming. So as a mm -hmm. good example, if you just ask the question to, you know, the average ministry leader, how important is technology to your ministry? I mm -hmm. think, you know, 93% of respondents say it's very important. Mm -hmm. uh, over over half of respondents said it's extremely important, so almost mm -hmm. critical to the future mm -hmm. of the church. And like mm -hmm. I said, that is that is probably not shocking. Uh, right. You know, maybe confirming things that a lot of us already know. I think there were a few things that that have made us think a little bit more about the role that technology is playing. You know, you you heard some things in the survey about you know not so much that that churches don't find the tools that they want. It was more like, hey, we have too many. Right. <laughs> they're working against each other or they're siloed or how do right. these things work together? So there was this kind of this idea of like, okay, how do we, how do we like wrangle some of these mm -hmm. things so that it's working mm -hmm. for us better? Um, you know, live streaming, again, probably not shocking that every, virtually every church went online over the last mm -hmm. three years if they weren't already. Mm -hmm. So some, mm -hmm. you know, some 94% of churches were, were in the last year and last two years looking to get online and bring their services through streaming. You know, the real question that we've had for a long time is what happens over the next two to three years as sort of, mm. you know, COVID is put behind us. And, and the reality is 
virtually every single one of those churches is saying online streaming is just part of our future. And so now right. instead of a, a tool to kind of get through a period, it is now a tool that will be a part of their ministry going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think like another one that I, this one sticks out for me because I think we're, we're all used to social media. Churches yep. are very, very invested in social media right now. Some 90, mm -hmm. 90 some percent use it. But if you ask, is it important in the future? That really dropped off, which I think is interesting. interesting. Huh. Less than 50% thought it would be strategically important to them in the future. And that's, you know, there's some whys behind that that are yeah. fun to ask questions about. But I think that one was a really interesting observation. So hmm. like I said, there's some things in there you go, yeah, I get that. Everybody's talking about that. That makes sense. And there's other times you think, hmm, what is that telling us? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I do coaching with churches and a number of kind of the fastest growing churches in the country. And there's a, one of the stories I love to retell around the pandemic and streaming. And then really, this is a bit of a long question or long introduction to get to a short question. But, you know, this this church, they... Uh, you know, their lead pastor by admission would say, listen, before March 2020, I was like anti-church online, thought it was a terrible idea, was like, hey, this is, you know, I, well, I'm not sure that's like only for those, a, a different kind of church. However, and, and he would say, like, I was probably looked down my nose at churches that did that and looked down my nose around a church's use of social media. And he, he, he retells this story about how Somewhere there in mid-March 2020, he pulled his senior leaders together and he said, okay, friends, this is what we're all going to do. Everybody's got to get a Facebook account today, and uh, we have to figure out how to get streaming, and you all need to figure out how to how to uh, start using uh, social media this week. Like This has now gone from a low priority to high priority. Now, I think so many of us are on the other side of that now, where we're like, yes, it's we're, we have all these people viewing our streams. Or maybe our attendance is down from where we were before. And we we don't know what to make of all that. We're not sure, okay, so who are all those people? How do I connect with them? What are you seeing from your perspective? How, how are you seeing churches kind of tackle that? Yes, they've got into streaming. We have this audience. We're not entirely sure what to do with it. We're not entirely sure how to connect with them. What are some of the things you're seeing on that front? Yeah, well, you know, the idea of that, like who is out there, I think one yep. of the things we can acknowledge is that's probably been a problem for a lot of churches for a long time, especially large yes. churches. You know, people walk yep. in, they sit in a service, they walk back out. Yep. And um, But we have processes, like churches have installed processes to try to get people to engage. Mm -hmm. So you'll often hear mm -hmm. like, hey, fill out the contact card. Go visit us at the, you know, the new visitor center or the connect center. And so mm -hmm. people who have the choice have this like avenue to, to connect mm -hmm. And one of the things, the frustrations that we hear as people engage online is some of those avenues are either broken or they're just kind of disjointed. So it's much, right. much harder to figure out who is there and mm -hmm. how are they engaging in the community? How do we, do we form community with those people and minister to them and disciple to them? So it's, you know, I don't think the, the idea of who's out there is a new problem, right? but like a lot of things, you know, COVID just stretched things that were already happening. And so now we're in the situation where, gosh, now it's a very real problem because, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's one thing to see that I have whatever your analytics tell you that have 20,000 people, mm -hmm. you know, eyeballs on glass, but who are those people and are they right. returning and are they engaging? So I, I think you hear a lot of, you know, continued sort of frustration or thinking about how do we make this a genuine community? Not just people that right. are on the stream, but people that are a part of our church. Right. And what, what are some of the practices you're seeing that are helping on that front that, you know, how, how are, 
how are they using, in your case, the series of tools that you have? Because you have a number of different touch points. Someone might give once or someone might, you know, check in. They might check their kids into kids ministry or they might fill out one of those new new here cards on on the website. How is all that working together? What are what are some best practices that we're seeing bubbling up kind of post COVID and post this current you know period we're in? Yeah, I think there's a couple things that I think about. And when one is that you're right, the the you know, we mentioned churches already investing a lot in tools. And sometimes those current tools are providing some windows into how people are engaging. Mm-hmm. So like giving records might be a good example. We always encourage mm-hmm. people to look at first time and second time givers, especially mm-hmm. that time, because that sort of indicates a commitment, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you, you don't have to look at your online online analytics only and ask who's out there. You can look at, well, how have giving patterns changed? And are there people that when we went online, their giving patterns have been Mm-hmm. talking to a church, uh, probably just about a month ago. And, you know, it was one of those churches, like you said, that probably wasn't highly organized around online, very capable mm-hmm. church, very effective church, but online is sort of secondary. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were just talking to some of the staff and the CFO just said, you know what, one interesting thing that did happen is, you know, we just got a gift from someone in New York for $5,000. Mm-hmm. We're thousands of miles away. And yeah. I, you know, we talked about that being, well, you know, nobody just does that, you know, like that's <laughs> probably a window or a ministry yes. opportunity or a, who is that and what community are they in? And how did that happen that you have a chance to follow up on? And because they gave, you know, the person's contact information, you know, that's mm-hmm. an opportunity to reach out and say hello. But I think also the, the other thing that, that can happen is like I mentioned that opportunity to connect sometimes mm-hmm. gets broken. Mm-hmm. So we will, we are starting to see churches do things like maybe use, you know, we're, we're familiar with check-in for ch- mm-hmm. checking children into, mm-hmm. you know, the, the children's worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about ch- asking people to check in when they participate online? You know, there's mm-hmm. some really nice mobile tools to do that. It doesn't have to be awkward. And, mm-hmm. or maybe just saying, hey, if you're just joining us for the first time or joining us for the second time, you know, here's maybe a link to a form or a QR code to a form. Just fill that out real quickly. It's the same thing as filling out the contact card if you're sitting in the auditorium or walking to the the connect center. And mm-hmm. I think those, you know, those don't tell us everybody who's out there. We still have the problem just like in physical church of the people who walk in and walk out, but it right. provides this invitation through your digital tools to let people let you know that they're there. Mm-hmm. I love that. Talk to more about the adult check-in thing. That, that seems like the holy grail of, you know, connection ministries. If we could get adults to check in, that that's like one of those, I feel like for 15 years, we've been wrestling with that at the church I, I was at for years, we did name tags. And I was like, man, we should automate all of that process. And like, let's, let's get a whole bunch of, you know, uh, you know, iPads and we'll check people in. And just even the conversation around that, Man, that raised the anxiety with folks. But uh, talk to us about that. What I, I love that idea. I think from a connections point of view, it could it's powerful data. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like this, this is one of the things I you know I just wished as as a you know giant church organization across the United States we were doing more of this. But there's some great examples. So you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. I, I just visited a church in Houston not too long ago, and they use chi- child check in, but they use it for mm-hmm. the adults walking in the church. So you walk in, there's a bunch of kiosks mm-hmm. for everybody that attends. They check in. They even chose to print name tags just to get over the awkwardness yes. of not knowing who everybody is. And it's mm-hmm. also just a really great way to say, okay, now we know who's here. Mm-hmm. Well, there's mm-hmm. no reason you can't do that on, on an online service. Yep. So we have churches that have maybe like set up online campuses yep. and they ask people to check in. We have, 
you know, because like in our product stack, the mobile app is very connected to the CHMS. So mm -hmm. you can surface what we call instant check-in to the mobile app. So one way, one way, mm -hmm. for example, that we've used that in the past, even for our own company is we used to, we used to have this conference that we call church disrupt. Mm -hmm. Some of your, your listeners may have tuned into that. So they mm -hmm. might've experienced this. You, you listen online, you register, you listen online. And when a, when a session starts, we would send out a push notification and mm -hmm. that push notification would just say, Hey, can you just check in? Let us know you're here. And you just go through a really quick exercise in your phone to do, right. you know, it's just like child check-in, but it's just on your phone. And it says like, yeah. my family's here and participating. Mm -hmm. So those are like, that is a really great way to take, you know, a bunch of data. That's a bunch of anonymous IP addresses that you can't mm -hmm. do anything with and then say, okay, now we have people that we can follow up with. We can engage, mm -hmm. whether you're a first time visitor, your regular attender, whatever, we know how you're participating online. That opens a ton of doors. And if you don't yeah, have that oh, information, absolutely. then it's hard to follow up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, you know, I, I think there's a, there's always this tension where the more anonymous, so most of my background, I would say would be in the attractional church movement. That's been kind of where I spent most of my time. And, you know, there's always this tension between the more anonymous we make an experience, theoretically, it makes it more appealing to folks because they're totally in control of the experience. But the downside of that, and this is true in in-person church or online, the more we take an active role in trying to connect with people, the better we can get them to stick and stay and, and provide a great experience for them. The more, like you're saying, the more we ask them to check in or do a little bit of friction around the fact that, hey, we're glad you're here, um, you know, that, that helps us ultimately get people connected long-term. Talk to me about the in-person applications of that. I love that one example you used in Houston. Are there other things that churches are doing to add, to use technology to kind of drive connection? I'm thinking particularly at a larger church, a couple thousand people church where, yeah, you, you know, you look out and it's like, I have no idea who all those faces are out there. Yeah. We, th this is something that's really personal to me because one of my, you know, my wife and I have been fortunate to be part of several churches just as we've moved around the country with our jobs mm -hmm. and other things that have gone on. And, you know, we, a lot of people probably have the story, but we joined a certain church that was a hundred people meeting in a high school mm -hmm. gym and a church like that, you know, everybody, the senior pastor knows everybody, you know, you know, who's coming and going, you know, who's setting up the chairs, you know, who's, you know, wheeling out the worship equipment into the gym. And then we, we just kind of like was, were one of those churches that the growth just was, amazing. And we one day mm. woke up in a, in a new building, you know, a thousand people and it was filled mm. the first Sunday we were opened. And I remember we were on the leadership team, the elder team. And you mm. know, that, that first Sunday we had a meeting and I, you know, it was one of these days you should be high-fiving each other. Like, Hey, we're, mm. we're, we've done great. And I remember our yes. senior pastor coming in and saying like, Hey, I think we, we have a problem because I just talked to a few people and they, they didn't connect very well. Like the, the, mm. the, our church felt a little cold to them and, you know, it was just breaking his heart that this is who we've become and how do we fix that? Right. And the funny thing, this is long enough ago that, you know, here I am a technology executive that is software for a living. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, I don't know right. how to do that, but yes. you know, things have changed a lot right. and you know, a lot of people are more inclined to engage digitally first now. That's just the mm -hmm. way it is. So mm -hmm. I think sometimes just simple things like, Hey, what is, what is the next step? So a church I just visited recently was really good. They, they published a form for it, for mm -hmm. visitors. There was a mm -hmm. QR code on the chair, scan mm -hmm. the QR code, takes you to form, fill out a form that got the contact information. And then it took me to a series of videos about what their church is about. So you mm -hmm. heard like, you know, some of the founding members, the pastor, some of the staff members just talk about like, who are we? 
you know, what kind of place of this? I thought that is a really inviting way to mm. just share a little bit and start to get people connected. And yeah, then if you think about that. next steps, um, you know, I think like being public about the time types of groups that are available, mm-hmm. the types of volunteers, volunteer opportunities that are available, maybe like missions your church cares about. And the thing is, these are already all in your CHMS. Your groups are already there. You know, your volunteer mm-hmm. serving opportunities are already there. Your mission opportunities are already there. So being able to just surface those, whether it's through the app or the website, gives people a really safe, psychologically safe way to mm-hmm. engage, you know, without having to do the scary thing of walking up to somebody, you know, at a physical meeting and be like, okay, I'm new here. I don't know you. You don't know me, but what do I do now? Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, it's interesting. QR codes, right? They like came back with a vengeance here with, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. the pandemic. It was like... They were like, uh, we're all but dead, but now it's like, you know, everywhere you go, you see them and it seems to have been, you know, it's like a a relatively easy people. I always, my benchmark for that is always my mom. It's like, if my mom knows how to use them, then there should be some, you know, there. And she definitely knows how to use QR codes, which is kind of funny. So, and that's, that's one that it's just stuck, right? Like you, you saw it get wide adoption to solve some problems, but I just walked into a restaurant this weekend and guess what? There's no menus. There's QR codes. Like it is just stuck. And yes. I think that's probably true with a lot of technology changes that happened over the last two years. Oh, totally. Absolutely. I had the same in a restaurant. Oh, this was in the last month where they, all their payment stuff was done. You would appreciate this as a payment company it was the same thing. Just a QR code on the table. And once we were done ordering, uh, you just literally scan and it opens up to some mobile website where it had our order all there. I put the tip in and all that and paid right there on my phone which was fantastic. As a client, as a customer, I loved that. I was like, this is fantastic. I don't have to wait for somebody to bring me a check. I can just do it. And you know, away we go. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the donor, the donor side, the donor development piece. You know, you guys are at the, the nexus of a lot of that, um, at, at push pay, obviously we're, we're heading into some uncertain waters on the, the economy side, you know, the, the whole impact of inflation and where is that heading and, you know, coming recession, all of that stuff. What is the advice that you're giving to churches kind of at a, at a top level first around donor development? Um, you know, are there things we should be doing now to get ready for what's coming? Uh, you know, assuming that things might turn a little bit sour here in the, in the coming, you know, couple quarters. Yeah. Well, valid concern. You know, I think yep. that um, a lot of large churches are looking into the future and probably rightfully so have some concerns over, you know, what is, what does participation look like? And then what does giving right. look like? And, you know, will our church continue to grow on the path that it's grown on in the past? So mm-hmm. those, those are really valid concerns. Um, mm-hmm. and, and by the way, there, there's so many good churches out there that do this so well that for mm-hmm. many of them, I just want to say like, I'm not in a position to give you advice on how to manage sure. it because you know your ministries and you execute them really well. Right. But the thing that I always think about when we look at data of how people engage with churches, engagement Mm -hmm. leads to giving, giving Mm -hmm. leads to engagement. So I think that, you know, one of the things we want to try to do is not so much focus on, you know, okay, how many donors do we have? Right. Are they, are they reoccurring? What's the, what's the amount? Mm -hmm. I think we want to try to use those opportunities or the data we have to try to figure out how do we get people to engage in the church Mm -hmm. because those people are going to give. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say, you know, a really good set of giving tools shouldn't just be a list of transactions. It should be a list right. of people that says like, hey, yeah, here are the people that are first time. Here are the people that are second time. Again, that opens up the door for you to reach out and ask like, hey, you're, you're new or you're maybe just giving for the first time. You've been around for a while. Thank you. Or mm-hmm. what has changed that's leading to that. 
And then the other part I'd say, uh, and totally obvious, totally mm-hmm. obvious, but um, online participation is just how a lot of people are going to show up to churches right now. Right. right. And so I, I wouldn't overlook that. And one of the things you want to try to figure out is, first of all, as you ga- engage the online audience, like, like I said, engagement is giving, giving it is engagement. Those are the, those are, those both go kind of go hand in hand. So make sure you give them seamless, easy ways to participate. If they choose mm-hmm. to do so, don't make mm-hmm. it hard. There's some mm-hmm. really good technology tools to you know, just kind of link into your stream, go mm-hmm. right here to the giving page and pay, give if you want. And mm-hmm. also just realize if you're getting people to volunteer, if you're getting people into small groups, those people are going to be much more inclined to give in the future. So it's a holistic equation. It's not just about, you know, collecting gifts. Yeah, I love it. I love the idea of simplicity and how do we make it simple? How to think about it from, you know, how, how do we reduce friction through that process? Um, you know, how to, I think that's so critical. The other thing you said, which I, I wonder if we could pull apart a little bit, is the acknowledgement side of it. The I, I, for some reason, you know, the church is. I've seen too many churches stumble in this area where they they don't spend enough time actually just thanking people. And I don't know why that is. I think it could be a left hand, right hand thing where like, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to, um, you know, we don't want to have some sort of weird relationship with our donors. And so we don't want to say thank you to them. But, but the reality of it is that people have lots of places they could give. And the fact that they're giving to your church is pretty amazing. You, you mentioned a couple of those key milestones, first gift, second gift, setting up recurring, um, are there any kind of best practices you're seeing on the acknowledgement side that we should be thinking about? Yeah. I, well, so first of all, I just think a, a well-done heartfelt acknowledgement does matter. We actually do see that in our research. It does matter. Right. It, that okay. engages people in the church. So, yep. and the, and the funny thing is it doesn't have to be hard. So I, right. I was, you know, talking, one of the things we do is we, we don't just meet with church leaders. We meet with people who participate in churches and sort of mm-hmm. ask, you know, what their experiences are like and, you know, how are you engaging in the church? And there was just one recently interview that I was in. And this individual has talked about like, Hey, I gave to my church and I got a really nice email from the pastor that was directed to me that just said, thank you. Here's where your gifts are going. We really appreciate you participating. And they were just reflecting on that made me feel valued. You know, I, Mm. I just very much appreciate that. It just didn't feel like I sent a bunch of money to the general fund and it disappeared. Mm. I felt recognized. And you know, the funny thing is rich, like I almost just kind of wanted to say like that probably came out of push bay or MailChimp or something yes. like that. Like, right. Like yeah. it is automated. It is simple. Yes. It is easy, yes. but it is valued. Uh, right. So yeah, Absolutely. I totally agree with you. That acknowledgement and recognition is a really important next step. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. I, uh, just recently I had a guy pull me aside and say, we do, we do like a handwritten note process for, you know, basically people that have given at a certain level and, and, um, you know, this, this guy pulled me aside and he said, you know, Rich, like the fact that you would take time to write that note means a ton to me. Like the fact that you would, and, and it was, it was like this, you know, like it was a little bit humbling, frankly, cause I'm like, it doesn't take that long. I get generated a report that says, here are the people. I have a stack of thank you cards on my desk. I write notes and send it to people. It's, it's not, it's not a big deal. Like it's, you know, and we'll, you know, it's always, if I know them, if it's like, Hey, I, you know, it was a great seeing you or hope things are good with the kids or, you know, that kind of thing, pretty straightforward. Um, but it was a good reminder to me again around acknowledgement. And we've got to work hard on that. We've got to keep thinking about what we can do on that front. Now, earlier you mentioned a problem that I'm hoping our relationship can sustain this, Aaron. I'm hoping that, you know, we're we're 25 minutes into our friendship and hopefully you can uh you won't hang up on me. But one of the problems I find with technology is man, we just keep bolting on new stuff. It's like 
the newest tool. We got this thing. We got that thing. We have all these different pieces of the puzzle. And that is really hard to manage. And, and we have data silos and, you know, all, and I, and I want to say, stop it, stop getting new subscriptions for a $20 a month, you know, tech solution. Uh, so I'd love for you to talk specifically from PushPay. How are you helping churches solve that problem? What are you doing to help us wrestle through that? Yeah, it's not, I'll just tell you, Rich, not just you. So yes. definitely a theme <laughs> in churches. Yes. I, yes. There's probably a lot of people in your audience that are kind of giving a shout for you. Hooray, someone said it. That yes. is really true. Church software, like I think churches really over the last 10 years invested in technology. But now you step back from the technology stack and you're like, okay, we have a volunteer scheduling system over here. Right. You know, we have maybe a database of people over here. We have a giving solution over here. You know, someone else is using worship planning over here. Someone else has got maybe a accounting system. And and it's all in different silos and yeah. hard to connect. And so I, I'm I am just gonna say this. Mm-hmm. This is an area where push pay intends to help solve. And I think we've got right. some really good head start on some things, but I'll, yep. I'll just tell you like why I think that's important and where I think it can go. We, we already know this. People are engaging digitally in the church. So if you just think mm-hmm. about your systems today, the ones that I already listed, your giving platform, wherever mm-hmm. you register volunteers, where people sign up to be in a group, you know, mm-hmm. how people consume information, whether it's through a email or a text message or an app, how they get online streaming or how they do that, uh, how they you know, how they maybe message with people who are in a group. Mm-hmm. What you're seeing is all these little, what I call digital footprints of how mm-hmm. people are engaging in your church that are mm-hmm. collected, you know, just kind of automatically because people are engaging. Mm-hmm. And what we really want to be able to do is then say, okay, we can step back and we can see, you know, how rich is participating in our church. Mm-hmm. We can see that he, he attends regularly. We can mm-hmm. see that he's a regular giver. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we could say like, and he's not an active volunteer right now, that's a great person to ask to step up. Because right. he's checking the attendance box, checking the giving box. Could we push on volunteering? Could we just reach out and say, hey, we got some great opportunities. Do you think you could help? You're probably mm-hmm. inclined to say yes. Mm-hmm. So I think those types of opportunities of assembling that data, mm-hmm. getting a really good 360 degree view of people, and then being able to tailor your ministry approach to those people based on you know sort of that engagement journey looks like. Did they Are they just curious? Did they just join the live stream for the first time? Mm-hmm. Or are they like committed members that have been participating for a long time and it's time for them to step up into leadership? Um, I, I think the data that we are already collecting mm-hmm. can tell us a lot about those things and can help us be more effective at ministry le- uh, leadership. And then also, I think the outcome is now you can see with a real concrete data how your church can grow. So you can see people moving from you know curious to participating, to involved, to committed, to leadership. And, and then ask the question that everybody wants to know, like, is the ministry working? Is this yes. working the way we designed <laughs> yes. it with data? So you can do that today with some of our systems. Like I would say church stack, which is the combination, mm-hmm. you know, you get you all the people get linked together. All those records get tied together. You can run some really great reporting on how people are engaging. And it also say we should already be way better at this. So if you just want to mm-hmm. ask like, where's PushPay going next? This is sort of the next frontier to help people mm-hmm. really understand their audiences and, and community as well as possible. Yeah, that's good. Like I, I think there's it's there's an interesting kind of philosophical, or maybe not philosophical, or it's like approach to technology is the future. Which you know, I, I think you don't have to be a technology strategist to figure out what push pay solution is. Is the future one giant solution that kind of does it all, or is it? 
a whole bunch of solutions held together by Airtable. And, you know, that's like we kind of tape it all together ourselves, um, which there's a ton of churches that are doing that. I know you know that, that are like, hey, we've got all these different things and we're going to pull it all together. And then to try to answer the same question, um, man, I'm just just cheering for you from the sidelines. If there's a way for you to make that work together to ultimately answer the question that you're saying, which is, hey, how are people actually taking steps closer to, you know, a relationship with Jesus and across all of these different, you know, data points, uh, man, that would be powerful for so many of us. Yeah. And I do think it's moving that way. And I think you see both approaches, Rich. So you do see churches saying, hey, we are going to figure out how to stitch this together. So we'll use these, these separate tools and we'll figure this out. And and I I think that's admirable. That's also a, a, like a hill to climb. So there's some effort that goes into that. And then you also see a very common approach of, okay, we really need to like make our stack more uniform, maybe more right. all in one. And that way it, all the data is all, all the way there together. So you see, you see both for sure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the one thing I would just want to encourage everybody, you know, I, obviously I'm part of push pay. I like the all in one. Mm-hmm. We should be doing yep. that for you. We should be making it helpful. But the one thing I would just say to everybody, be sensitive about where your congregant data goes, you know, maybe mm. less critical if you're thinking about a general ledger or, you know, you're, accounts mm. payable or accounts receivable. Cause that's not like how your congregants are engaging. But when you think yeah. about who's volunteering and when are they volunteering, who's giving, when are they giving, how are they participating? You know, mm. are they in groups? Um, that is really important data to understand yes. how your church is changing. And if you cannot tie that together, you are missing a lot of information. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good insight. You know, I know for years we would look at, we do a quarterly report with our campus pastors where we all we looked at was giving trends. So we just were like, who's kind of behind trend and ahead of trend. And the conversation I would ask is uh, like, I'm not actually concerned about the money side of it. It's what is this telling us about our people, right? So people who have been giving at, you know, they were giving X amount of dollars. Now they're giving half of what they were giving a year ago. That's sending us a message. That's sending us a pastoral care message. There's something's happened in their house that is that we need to address, that we need to find out what's happening there. Not not because we're the 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 money is telling us a story, but we're not actually primarily concerned about the money thing. You know, and we could be if obviously if we're thinking about donor stuff, we are thinking about that as well. But there's there's so many examples of that, you know, but that if we could get better as churches, hey, we used to check our kids in every other week and now you're once every three weeks. Um, what are we doing? To, it seems like a basic thing. Yeah. It's like, uh, but but too many, too many of us aren't doing that. We're not accessing the data we have today. Yeah. And that, that's another thing I would just encourage. That's a good use of data. And that's a really great segue because I think it's one thing to just look at a donor list, especially if you're at like a 10,000 person church, like, okay, we have, you know, 5,000 active donors. What do I do with that? Well, if you're really trying to focus ministry, just like you said, changes in donor behavior mean something, you know, maybe it's just something small to celebrate like a job change or, you know, our family's changing, but we have heard story after story after story that those changes were indicating of life events that were really important for the church to come alongside and minister to those people, you know, death in the family that led to an inheritance that led to a gift. So your, yep. your thank you note is now like a, oh, how can we come alongside you and, and help yep. your family during this time or a job loss or the family's being disrupted in some way. And so I really encourage people use the data to look for those moments, those changes. Like what are the windows right. that we can open to say, okay, something changed. That is a chance. That is a time for us to ask what's going on. And you're right. Like checking in every Sunday and then not, or becoming mm-hmm. be going from a recurring donor to irregular donor. Like right. there's just... 
different changes like there, like those. And it helps distill the 5,000 people in your audience to the hundred people that you can reach out to this week. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, Aaron, I, I appreciate this. There's a ton we could talk about here, but I, I appreciate you just opening up a window a little bit. Again, thank you on behalf of the thousands of churches out there that use PushPay and all your various solutions to, to help make ministry uh, better. Appreciate what you're doing. I know you probably put out a lot of fires every day. So the fact that you give us some time here uh, means a lot. So I, I really appreciate that. Is there anything else you'd like to say just as we kind of wrap up today's episode? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll just say to everybody that's out there, you know, I, I've considered a privilege to be able to work next to churches. Um, mm-hmm. It is honestly the, a privilege to be a part of Push Bay. Hard time to be in church staff, you know, divided mm-hmm. churches, a lot of things changing in the work. And so I'm just, I just want to say this, we, we meet with ministry professionals every day. It is a very difficult time to be a ministry mm-hmm. professional. We love you all. And um, just ask everybody to take care of yourselves. And hopefully Push Bay can do our part and try to help on the technology side. So that's all. That's great. Uh, so we want to send people to pushpay.com. Is there anywhere else we want to send them to kind of learn more about what you guys are doing? Pushpay.com is a great place. Uh, it'll take you a lot of different ways. And then if right. you if you do a little digging, you'll find the church technology report. There might be some things that are insightful to you. Okay. Thanks so much, Aaron. Appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.